for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome to the Live and Amplified Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Davis Mallory. How's it going today, Davis? It's good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, it's just been yeah. one of those days, a uh, busy day at work, and then I came home, and it was like, cool. And now I'm sitting here chatting with you, so I'm really excited to get to know more about you and uh, everything you got going on. It's been a busy 2022 for you already yeah. so can't wait yeah. to uh, jump into that a little bit more okay cool thanks Tom. um but uh before we kind of jump into all your new music uh let's kind of give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to everyone and like what your background in music is yeah i mean i, I grew up in a musical family my dad played guitar a lot as a child and my grandfather played the banjo and used to write songs and so um music was just kind of like a childhood you know thing for me my mom put me into a kid's choir as a little kid and so I really took for that and all throughout high school I was still in choir and I was in a church choir as well as a high school choir um, in the church choir I auditioned for an acapella group it was just four guys and four girls accepted and several of those people went on to get record deals and pursue music for careers and I think that's what fueled my passion or my just belief in myself that I had something that could go far in the music industry. Um, Christian Stanfield is a well-known Christian singer and he was in that group with me. So he's probably the most successful of the, of the, the group of those guys. Um, but yeah. And then I did the real world on MTV, which was like totally not music related, but when it ended and I had a chance to talk to the director of the show and ask him like, what should I do with this opportunity that just finished? Um, he was like, whatever you wanted to do before Davis, that's what I tell everybody. And for me, it was, it was music. And right around that time that I started to do the real world, I saw those very people in my church choir get the success that they were getting. So I was like, I should probably chase after music. And, and I started to, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so uh, after the world war, real world is when you really <laughs> this after the real world, uh, you, that's when you really decided to kind of jump into your music full bore when you were yeah. kind of going through that process of deciding what kind of musician you wanted to be, what kind of sound you wanted to have, what were, who were some of the musicians you were listening to as like influences, as you were kind of trying to figure out what kind of musician you wanted to be? You know, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and I listened to a lot of country music. And like Tim McGraw was a favorite artist of mine. Um, even you know, Keith Urban, Kenny Chesney, guys like that. I also, in that exact moment in time, was listening to a lot of dance music like Cascade and Avicii. Mm -hmm. um, and when I set out to create music, I sort of combined those two things at the beginning. Like I was, I moved to Nashville and I stereotypically wrote country songs only, but I was still at the car after the songwriting session finished listening to dance music on my way to my house. And so I started reaching out to DJs and sending them these sort of country sounding songs. And the very six, first success I found in it was a Swedish DJ 
named John Dalbeck, who had worked with Avicii. He'd worked with Lady Gaga, Swedish House Mafia. And he took one of my songs and remixed it and cool. signed it to Armin Van Buren's record label, Armada Records. It was my very first song to be signed to a label, and it came out in June of 2017. And oh, wow. that, sort of, that sort of shaped my sound going forward. I started venturing more and more into just pure pop. And we can talk about that later, but that, that came about by visiting Europe and songwriting in Europe. Oh, wow. And that changed, that just totally changed the types of songs I was writing because the ones I was writing in Nashville were country. Yeah. So now when you moved to Nashville, why did you feel like you had to write country or was it just like a phase? Did you feel like you had to write country or was it just kind of a phase that you went through? I think it was the predominant, um, it was what's not, it is what's Nashville is known, is known for. Mm -hmm. And most people that I met, you know, it's like you, every, most people that were there for songs, uh, for country careers. Mm -hmm. So when I was writing songs, it was just like, well, this is, here's a new person that wants to do country or here's, here's a legendary songwriter who's written legendary country songs. Mm -hmm. And that was just very accessible for me in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Whereas like finding the people doing pop music, it actually took a few years to even discover those people's existence because they are in Nashville. I just didn't see them at first. Gotcha. Gotcha. How, how do you think, um, do you think you would have gotten into music as quickly as you did if it was not for your world, real world experience and talking to that producer or how do you think that's no. kind of changed your journey? When I finished the real world, it was 2006 and I wrote my very first song in Nashville in 2014. Okay. So we're talking eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't feel like that real world show put me in a studio or put me in a songwriting session yeah. at all. When it ended, I didn't know a single songwriter producer. I didn't have a friend in that field. Mm -hmm. And it, and I really, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia when I finished the real world. And even though it's a predominant music city, I didn't have connections in that, in, in that scene mm -hmm. and couldn't figure out how to get my foot in that door. Okay. Um, I moved to New York city after living in Atlanta and I got a job working at a record label and I don't want to make this a long story, but it, it, it was a result of me becoming a music blogger mm -hmm. that I pre like right after the real world finished, I became a music writer and I did that for maybe two years. And I was just, re you know, reviewing albums and interviewing artists. It was like my passion. I had never written a song. And I interviewed for a record label job and I got it. And that was one of my bucket list life, life dreams was to work at a record label. And I, and I got a job in a label called Astroworks in New York city. That was the home of David Guetta and Swedish house mafia at the time. Okay. And Kylie Minogue was also in the label. Um, and I did that job for two years and I really enjoyed that job, but I didn't see myself wanting to stay as an employee of a record label forever. Yeah. I still wanted to be a singer. I would love to have been a singer for David Guetta more than, you know, managing his career in some regards. Yeah. And I met a singer songwriter whose career became successful after meeting him at the time he was, he was an unknown person, but after meeting him, he got on a Kygo song as a featured singer and um, he was one of the first songwriters I ever co-wrote songs with. Oh, wow. And I think in that moment of writing songs with him and his encouragement of me as telling me I was talented and like accepting my ideas and even offering to let me sing backup vocals or like featured second verse types mm -hmm. of things, I really got the um, courage or the 
direction in life to pursue it as a true career. I mean, I didn't know how to make money in it or even how to really become successful in it yet. And grace of God, my dad had taken a job that very year in Nashville. Mm. And I asked my dad if I could move in with him, which he said yes. And when I moved to Nashville, I was living with my dad and trying to figure out how to get my foot into the door in Nashville. Gotcha. And so, that was in 2013, 2014. So. Gotcha. And that is, so that whole process of learning how the music business worked and how to get your foot in the door, that was a real learning curve and a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been told by some that it's a unique thing that I've that record label background and now I'm an aspiring artist because not all of them have that. Mm-hmm. And in some ways I think it helped me kind of brand myself or mm-hmm. market myself because that's what I was doing for other artists. Um, and I was, I was doing press for other artists. Mm-hmm. So then when it came time for me to do press for myself, I kind of knew how to be my own publicist. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of knew how to be my own A&R. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew how to strike up a conversation with a DJ or their manager to create a song collaboration. So a lot of these releases that came up that are coming out right now are all on my own two feet. Awesome. Awesome. That was actually going to be my next question about your time working for the record label. If there was anything you took away from it, but just like the basic knowledge of having one side of the spectrum and applying it to being a musician, that's amazing. And it's fortunate that you were able to get that because not a lot of musicians have the opportunity to, do press for other musicians and learn like, okay, this is how these big, like big mainstream acts are handling themselves. This is how I need to model myself or just take notes on how they handle certain situations. Yeah. So that's really incredible. Um, so 2013, 14, you moved to Nashville and you're just kind of figuring out the situation. Was there a certain moment that everything just started to click and make or as, as your career started going or what that, yeah. Was there a certain moment in Nashville that everything started to click for you? You know, there's a movie by the Muppets. It's called Muppets take Manhattan mm-hmm. and they try to go to New York city and become famous and yep. they get reject. They get rejected a lot. And I remember seeing that as a child. And that's what my career felt like at the beginning for me. It was mm-hmm. like so many rejections and so many passes. And mm-hmm. we don't like this. You know, I would reach out to an artist, like a DJ, a big DJ, and I'd send him a folder of songs and I'd get an email saying, oh, we don't like any of these songs. Or I'd try to reach out to a record executive or a record label and they would just be like, they wouldn't respond at all. Or they would just say flat out like, nah. So it was it was lots of that. And I think I just had this, I don't know, like fire in my and belief in myself that I just could. So I just never let any of that really like depress me or stop me from just continuing. And I had my very first job pre the record label was a sales job where I had to call a hundred people every day, hoping that between one and 10 would buy from me. Mm-hmm. So I had that approach with this as well, thinking that like maybe 90 will not like me, but maybe one to 10 will. Mm-hmm. And that's when things started to, and that's how I still do my career. Like I, I just hope for that one to 10, you know, one to 10 that will say, sure. Hey, I like the song. Yeah. Um, I used to write, I still do this where an, a DJ will send me an instrumental that doesn't have a song written on it and it needs a song written on it. And I would write one for him or her. And it was like 
so many times I would just say they would reject it. They didn't like my song, you know? And I think the reason is, is because they spent all these countless hours producing this instrumental and they had this vision and I just didn't land the vision. But what I would find in time is that some third party DJ would come in and hear the bit, the song I wrote and like it because he didn't make the music. He just hears the song uh, and he would want the acapella and I would give him the acapella and he would make new music and then the song would get released. And it, it made that work worthwhile. But at the time I didn't know that it was worthwhile. And I was really angry that they said no at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So those kinds of lessons I only learned in time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you'd brought up your uh, trip into Europe, correct? Yeah. Where, where yeah. does that kind of fit in the story? Well, in 2017, Armin Van Buren signed my song. Um, Anyone would know by, mm-hmm. by John Dalbeck and Armin's level label is in Amsterdam. And the year that came out, I had a fan Instagram follower message me and say, are you coming to Amsterdam dance event? And I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I Googled it and saw that it was this like 20 year standing music business event that was really reputable. And I decided that I was going to go that year. It was a kind of expensive chance I took mm-hmm. for the flight and the passes and, you know, not for, not really knowing where I was going to stay. And yeah it became a big career changing moment in my life. I, uh, like I said, I'm, I had that salesman strategy. So I reached out to literally everyone who was attending because Mm -hmm. by paying to go, I was able to get everyone's email and that was about 4,000 emails. And I overwhelmed myself with meetings where I was getting 15 minute meetings every 15 minutes and shaking hands with someone different. And that was publishers, managers of DJs, you know, all kinds of things like that. And when the conference ended, I chose to stay and work with these DJs or these managers of DJs that I just took a meeting with and ended up meeting a really nice girl who was pursuing a songwriting, singing career like myself, who offered me to live with her. I lived with her for two months. I crashed on her couch and I was in songwriting sessions. I wrote 25 songs in about two months. I traveled to Sweden, Denmark, London, and then stayed with her in Amsterdam. I signed a publishing deal while I was there and they were helping schedule my songwriting sessions. And when I came back, I'd written a bunch of music that I released in that next year. And I went from having signed one song to a label to the next year, having maybe signed eight. Oh, wow. So it was like a big change. Yeah. And so I took that same risk the next summer and went back and I did um, primarily write wrote songs in Sweden oh, because wow. I found that I, my mom is half Swedish and I found mm-hmm. that, I was writing better music there than in any of the other countries. Oh. So I, I went back and wrote a bunch in Sweden the next summer. And then the songs I'm releasing today are some of the songs are from that awesome. trip to Sweden. Gotcha. Is it, what, is there any uh, particular reason you think that Sweden just kind of spoke to you as far as writing better music, as you put it? Well, I, I always liked the producers from Sweden. You think like Max Martin, you think Abba, Avicii. Mm-hmm there's more than that um actually the very first time i went to sweden in this strange encounter i met a woman off linkedin mm-hmm. i wrote her a message on LinkedIn. i met her for coffee discovered after having coffee with her that she was a very famous actress in the 90s she was signed to warner brothers and now i'm meeting her at 40 years old and she's like not as famous but still mm-hmm. still quite famous and she brought me in on a songwriting session with the producer of robin the swedish mm-hmm. artist um clear up is the mm-hmm. producer's name. And he'd produced with every heartbeat, which was like a childhood favorite of mine. So it was just so 
cool for me to write a song with him. And that was in my first trip to Sweden. So mm-hmm. something about going there, I just felt like I was almost like the door was being opened for me to get in with really good people. Yeah. And it wasn't the same way in Nashville. Like I wasn't getting that same warm welcome there that mm-hmm. I was in Sweden. So for me, I just went back because they were just treating me so well. Mm-hmm. And we really setting me up with really good producers. And I was just writing better songs there because the door was open. For sure. For sure. You know, like, so it, it's one of those deals where uh, everybody fi- kind of finds their place and it speaks to them. And it, that's really cool that Sweden was kind of that uh, second home for you. Like, you yeah. know, and um, like just the fact that you kind of took that chance and went out there initially uh, after, uh, your song got signed, the the first song got signed to a publishing deal there and you went out to Amsterdam, Sweden, you know, you went all these different places. That's like a trip of a lifetime for a lot of musicians. Like if they could play in one of those locations in their life, you know, it's yeah. amazing. And you went out yeah. there and just, just killed it. So that's awesome. Um, and then obviously kind of fast forwarding a little bit, the pandemic hits 20 or 2020. Um, and I'm sure that kind of slows down your musical journey as far as like traveling back and forth to Sweden, obviously. Um, so kind of explain what you've been doing in 2022, because you've got a lot of new music out this year. Some of it's just you, uh, you as a solo project, and then some of it's you featuring other artists or you featured with other artists. So, so what do you got kind of going on here in 2022? What's the best way to explain it? Yeah. So, I mean, 2019, I visited Amsterdam dance event for the second time. Mm -hmm. I got sick on the way home from that. And I don't know if I had COVID or not, but it just wouldn't go away. So perhaps I caught COVID then, but I took the antibodies test and I didn't have antibodies for it. So who knows? And then um, I attended the Grammys in February of 2020. And then, you know, the whole world shut down in the end of February, early March. So it was super weird for me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it like most. And um, that year, the first year, I actually spent a lot of time like doing naturalistic things like hiking and fishing and going visiting waterfalls just because all the businesses were closed in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I found in that moment that a lot of DJs were working on songs and I stayed quite busy writing songs from Nashville and recording them from home and sending them. And so I was still busy in the songwriting in the creation space. Um, so some of the stuff that's coming out today came about from that chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I feel like every song has a story. So for, for, for me to kind of like broadly talk about all of them, it would be easier to talk about one and when it's in its particularity, but like, mm-hmm. Um, I released a song today called Runaway for a Day and yep. I've got a German DJ producing it. It's kind of a, so a few months ago, I, actually one month ago, I released a song called Runaway for a Day with a German DJ. Today, I released a remix of it just called Simply Runaway with mm-hmm. a German DJ. He just wanted it to be titled something different to separate them from each other. Yeah. But uh, in my own kind of like salesman way, I, I was, uh, and I still do this, I, I contact DJs through Facebook. And I'll just be like, Hey, do you want top lines? I, I write a lot of songs and I, I need a producer. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I came about both of those guys was through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a song I'd written in Nashville with a girl that I'm close friends with who I wrote and have written lots of music with named no tell. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, I mean, yeah, so that's, and just this last week I did a songwriting session with a producer based in Amsterdam and a producer based in Berlin a few days later. So I'm still, you know, I still write fairly often this future week. I have at least one set, if not two sessions. So I'm just always kind of like creating and then Mm -hmm. I put them in a unreleased SoundCloud playlist and then try to find a home for them with DJs. For sure. That's how they yeah, that's how I, that's how I spend, that's how I've been spending my time. Awesome. Amidst, amidst DJing myself, I'm here in Hawaii to DJ. Cool. Cool. So, so since uh runaway is your uh, most recent single, what, what's kind of the uh, story behind that song specifically? Uh, it's got a long story. And I was working with a Canadian producer who had sent me an instrumental and I wrote the song on it and he didn't use it and release it ever. And I was mad, you know, I was mad. Um, and then these two different German producers, each individually chose it and made their new music for it. Um, I remember the night I wrote it, I was DJing on Nashville's Broadway strip and I was walking home from the bar to to my car and I was listening to the instrumental and and sometimes walking kind of produces that endorphins of just like happy, happy vibes. And so Mm -hmm. ideas come as I was walking the lyrics, like run away for a day just to say that we did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Came to my mind. Uh, and that's, I think, as much as I wrote on my own two feet. And then I set up a songwriting session with Nutel, uh, and she helped me with verse lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, with the wind in your hair, yeah. um, take take control, take us anywhere. That was her lyric. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's just a very poetic person, and she helped me, like, put a story to that simple chorus that I oh. came up with. Mm-hmm. And then I was in um, Arizona last summer with a close girlfriend. We share a birthday week. We're the same age and we both went to Arizona for our birthdays. And I was like, let's make a music video while we're here, a road trip video. So I bought a drone and I bought a red um, Mustang and we went to the Grand Canyon, Sedona, and mm-hmm. Navajo Nation and filmed a video the whole time. And then the music video for this song that's out today is of that. Oh, Because wow. the song was about running away with a friend and just, you know, <laughs> leaving the big city behind. For sure. For sure. That's really yeah. awesome. And so, um, was it, do you try and release music videos with all your single releases or why did you kind of choose this one specifically? I mean, if like, for example, I'm going to Egypt in a few, uh, weeks and I was like, I really want to make a music video while I'm in Egypt, yeah. but I'm just like racking my brain for like, which one of my songs fits. It's like, I don't really have a song that's written about like Egyptian themes per mm-hmm. se. Um, so I think I'm going to shoot my song forever young because mm-hmm. the song is kind of about, actually I, I shot a, a couple scenes here in Hawaii and then I was in um, Breckenridge in January skiing. So I, I shot some scenes there too. I kind of want it to be sort of like um, bucket list music video, just like doing all your, cause these are all bucket list items of mine. Yeah. So when it comes to music video creation, sometimes it's really easy for me to make a video. Like I just released a song on Valentine's day called Cologne. Mm-hmm. it's it's I'm, I'm gay so it was kind of like a gay like s- song about your cologne rubbing on another man's cologne it was a very easy video to create because it was simple mm-hmm. um I, I put out a song in november called tell me why you made me which was like my question to god like why are we here on earth and i can't really think of how to make a video for that so i haven't shot one and i may never um there's a there's a few songs in my career where I just can't think of what to do to make a video for them, so I, I just don't, you know. Yeah, I got you. That makes yeah. sense. And so you, you kind of um, take opportunities that 
or things that you're doing and see if it applies to one of your songs or one of your upcoming songs. And that's really, that's really cool. Um, so runaway, the singles out now, the music videos out now that's up on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's kind of next for 2022, obviously you've mentioned a few, uh things already but what's kind of the plan for the rest of the year you know all that fun stuff yeah back in october i shot a video for a song that's one of my favorite songs on my album little victory um it's called fire signs i'm mm-hmm. a leo and i wrote it with a girl who's in aries and both of us are fire signs and so we wrote the song in stockholm and originally she was the demo singer on the song but chose not to be re- on the album yeah. she didn't want to it just didn't fit her creative project um, so I went back to Nashville and I made a friend out of a girl who was interestingly in Aries and had a very similar sounding voice. So she re-recorded the song and she was the, on the album, she's the artist. Her name is Miss Audrey. And, um, she, when I met her, she had bright blue hair. She just won this award. Nashville has an independent music awards. Mm-hmm. She'd, she'd won best pop artist. Oh wow! So she had this like, you know, bright shiny career and um then she left nashville and moved to austin texas so the idea for us to make a music video became really challenging um but then she last year she was in nashville for just a week and i was like can we please make a video for fire science because you're here Mm -hmm. so we did and so i'm going to release it at the start of aries season this year so in march awesome and um my cousin uh was dating a girl weird story they had broken up but i hired her to be the video director and i didn't know they'd broken up so as we were filming she's like oh yeah i broke up with your cousin i was like oh i hope it was a easy breakup he hasn't told me anything about that but my cousin's ex-girlfriend shot and directed the video and she's also an aries which was like a weird coincidence so it's got a bunch of like you know fire signs in the whole mm-hmm. creative procedure gotcha. and then aside from Aside from that, last week while I was in Miami, I shot a video for Dancing Around the Fire, which is like my first true country sounding song that Mm -hmm. I've ever put out. I wrote it in my first year of living in Nashville with a man who won a Grammy for a Tim McGraw Faith Bill song called like We Never Loved It All, Scott Sachs. And I was told by some people not to put it out because it was so country and it was so different than everything else I was doing. So I didn't put it out for years. And then I finally got a version that kind of combined the dance music I'm known for. Mm-hmm. And it's still a country sounding song, but it has like a dance beat and a dance break that I felt like I could actually put it out and it wouldn't be so left field. Yeah. And I have this friend in Miami who's a talented, uh, he's Russian and he's a music video director. I met him one year ago and I've probably done eight videos with him. So I, I asked him, I was like, can we make a video for this song? While I'm in Miami, I know it's not Nashville. I probably should be doing this in Nashville, but we rented um, an old-fashioned, like, really old uh, red truck in, like, the 1950s. We went out to a a horse farm, and I'm riding a horse. And we went to an an additional farm, and they had, like, a treehouse, and we lit a bonfire, and they had goats and pigs. And, like, we made this very country video in Miami, which doesn't look like I'm there, but... Um, and that's, those are the two like unreleased videos I haven't put out yet. Yeah. And so. you have plans or do you have uh, confirmed dates or plans for those? Or is it just kind of um, when it's right? 
fire signs i'm gonna put out like march 23rd i think mm-hmm. that's the first day of aries season so it's mm-hmm. scheduled for like that day dancing around the fire i'm waiting on the director to help me finish the edits mm-hmm. um i'll probably launch it once it's done like it's kind of okay. like once it's ready it'll go out the door gotcha. um, yeah cool cool and then okay no good no i was gonna say i mentioned that i'm going to egypt um a group of friends, like 15 friends are going there in the first week of March. And I have never been, and I just wanted to go. So I'm going kind of not business related, just mm. tourist yeah. related. But on the end of that trip, I'm looking at either going back to Sweden, back to Amsterdam, possibly London, possibly Berlin, just mm-hmm. for a week of songwriting. So I can, you know, load up on good songs. Nice. Yeah. While you're out there, why not? Uh, yeah. s- since you're kind of getting ready to go into that process of creating music and writing, and I'm s- sure you're kind of always writing music, whether you're thinking about it or not. Uh, what kind of is your creative process, so to speak? Um, sometimes it's a title, like with Cologne, I, that was a title with, uh, one of my songs called shirtless. That was a title. Atlanta was a title where like I'd written these things down in my phone and I was like, I want to write a song with these titles. Um, sometimes it's like super organic and I don't expect it. Like the last two songs I wrote in Nashville last week, I didn't have a title. I listened to music and sang melodies and we began to write a song. And by the end of the song, we figured out what to call it from (laughs) what word we were saying the most, you know, Yeah. with this trip to Sweden, um, or I I say Sweden because I'll probably will go there, but with this trip to Europe, I need to do probably make a list. I've had a lot of international travels this year. Like I've been spending more time in Miami and I'm presently in Hawaii. So I think, you know, Maluma song Aloha. Uh, Vaguely. uh, Yeah. I mean, living in Miami, Maluma is like God down there. He's like very well known. And that song was on the radio a lot. And I think I would like to write something kind of in that, but but my own version of that, like about my travels and like, Mm. you know, it's like, something that something that kind of represents the amount of time i've been i've been dating in venezuela and i've been learning spanish and i've been in miami more than nashville um so probably something that touches on that chapter of what i you know my life is like right now too yeah for sure and you've been doing all sorts of traveling like you mentioned do you do you kind of see still see nashville as your base or do you see a a world where you pick up and move to down to miami or something I don't know. I mean, one of my life goals is to like develop a farm and live on it and have horses and grow food. Mm-hmm. And I could do that in Nashville, but the, um, you know, it's not very tropical. So things, not that many things can grow there. Mm-hmm. Um, being here in Hawaii this week has made me realize this could probably be a better place to do that. Uh, or South America mm-hmm. would be another nice place. Um, I have to come back to Hawaii two more times this year and I'm bringing my boyfriend and I'm bringing my mom. So I want to see if they feel the same things that I feel about this place. It's like, yeah. this might be a nice place to just like buy some land and, um, you know, build a farm. Yeah. However, I think Nashville is a place I'll all, I, I own a house in Nashville and I will probably always want to have my foot there because whenever I'm there, I'm very creatively inspired and mm-hmm. I'm kind of com- competitively inspired. Yeah. And I think that it's good for me to stay there. For that yeah, for, especially if you're, if you're creatively inspired and competitively competitively inspired, you know, it's always good to have your, at least 
some roots there, maybe not all your roots. Like if you, and like if one of your life goals is to build a farm and like a self-sustaining farm type situation, and you think Hawaii is going to be better for that, but you know, traveling, it, it's not the 1960s anymore where it's going to take, you know, or the 1860s where it's going to take forever, you know, to get from one place to the other. It, yeah. It's not, now it's a good time to kind of spread wings and see what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're in Hawaii now. How, how's the, uh, I'm not going to call it a vacation cause you're very much working. Cause you've, you mentioned that you've been uh, doing some DJing and whatnot. How's the uh, trip to Hawaii been this year? Yeah, it's my first time here. I'm staying on the biggest island, the big island. Um, I thought to visit one of the other islands while I'm here, but the people I know that live on those other islands are all either out of town or have other visitors coming. So I'm just going to stay here the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, on my first day here, I drove around half the island up the like left side of the map, and yeah. then it got dark and I, I returned home. And on my second day, I did the same thing, but on the right side of the map. Yeah. And... Uh, Yesterday, I just stayed at the beach and I actually went manta ray, like mm -hmm. diving or snorkeling last night. And today I went whale watching, which was a little anticlimactic because you can't get very close to them for like legal reasons. So it's yeah. like you're watching them, but from really far away. Um, and it's my last free day until I DJ tomorrow. Okay. And then I DJ tomorrow and then I fly out Sunday morning back to Nashville. So gotcha. Gotcha. I really like it here. For sure. I, I've never been to Hawaii, but it's also one of my goals to get out there as well as yeah. a few other places. But um, yeah. so uh, you're DJing tomorrow and all that. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of separate or how do, how, how do you feel getting ready? Is this like a, for one of your first big shows for the year or have you been doing some shows no. already this year? Actually, I DJed New Year's Eve in El Paso, Texas at a okay. country club which was super cool. I'd, I'd never been to El Paso. And if they hadn't booked me, I may have never even ever gone there. It wasn't really on my list of places to see. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say I fell in love with it and I really enjoyed it. And I would love to go back. It was such a cool, cool border, border town. You know, it's on the border of New Mexico, Texas, mm -hmm. and Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I had the most amazing Mexican food that I can't find anything close to anywhere else. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next week I was booked to DJ in West Palm beach and they canceled because of COVID. Oh, wow. Uh, I went anyways, cause I'd already booked my trip and I told friends I was coming. So I just went anyways. they paid me a deposit. So I was like, well, I'll just use the deposit and go to West Palm beach. And then the next week I DJed in Denver Oh, wow. and I followed that with a ski trip in Breckenridge. Nice. West Palm, beach, then, is, West Palm yeah. beach is cool. And then yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. been to Breckenridge. So. Yeah, I had never either, actually, but I really liked it. Yeah. So, and then now I'm here in Hawaii, and then in the future I have a a, a job in um, Phoenix, mm -hmm. Arizona, and a job in or DJ job in the Keys, Isla Mirada Keys. Okay. Both in both of them are in April. Nice. I've so, yeah. been to Isla Mirada several times. Uh, every January, they obviously not the last couple of years with the uh, COVID and all that stuff but they have a bluegrass festival that we go down to and do uh, media for. So oh, nice. um, where are you playing at in uh, Isla Mirada? Oh, I don't know the venue. I, I don't even honestly know the venue I'm playing here in Hawaii. <laughs> it's horrible to say that it's in my calendar and people have been asking me all week and have never looked it up. 
<laughs> it happens. I'll look it up. I'll look it up tomorrow before I go there. <laughs> gotcha. That's probably smart. Um, yeah. And then uh, El Paso. It's funny that you kind of said that uh, you'd never been to El Paso and never put El Paso on the places that you wanted to visit, but I ended up falling in love with it because I, li- I uh, lived in Southeast New Mexico for about four years and I went down to El Paso a few different times and I went there and I was just like, doesn't do it for me like it's a big city but it's right there on the border so it's just like i'd rather stay like in las cruces which is a little bit further north but yeah i went there yeah and then i would uh, like to visit marfa okay yeah i want to yeah is that the is that the place with the prada store maybe they're like yeah okay yes gotcha i i lived in uh roswell new mexico for four years oh wow okay yeah i'd like to see that as well yeah i did not get abducted by aliens if anyone's <laughs> wondering yeah <laughs> did not happen so yeah um no it's awesome it's great to see that you're doing so much in 2022 by my count you've released nine songs already this year probably i've had one every friday and i have a few more that uh, i think i I have a gap where I don't have any in the month of March, but mm-hmm. like I said, March 25th, fire science comes out. So mm-hmm. I feel like almost every Friday up until March 25th, I have something scheduled. Nice. And then I don't know. I need to start working again. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's amazing, man. Um, so before we kind of wrap this up, cause I can hear SpaceX starting to ramp up their engine testing for some reason at nine 30 at night, but it's going to get loud here in a second. So do you, um, do you live near, do you live near SpaceX? Yeah. Um, McGregor, they have a rocket testing facility and oh, for whatever wow. reason at about 10 o'clock at night, they start revving up those test engines, even though they're not supposed to. So it, it's one of those things. Um, but anyways, uh, so as far as kind of, um, advice, one thing that we like to do with everybody on here is pass on advice to younger musicians. So we can ensure that there is a next generation of musicians with a solid foundation of knowledge. Uh, so what's kind of one piece of advice that you've learned throughout your career that you'd like to pass on? Well, I mean, I feel like I shared a good one, which was that kind of salesman aspect I've chosen to use my career. Um, I mean, I, I've applied that to trying to get press, to trying to get DJs to be involved with my career, to trying to find a manager or find, you know, a legal team or a press team. Like, it's just that it's the numbers game. Like try to reach out to a hundred people and hope that, you know, one to 10 write you back. Cause that'll, that will certainly help. Um, when I moved to Nashville, I bought a copy of a magazine. Um, it's music rows magazine. Mm-hmm. Nashville's famous for having that music row. And it was the in charge edition of the magazine and it printed 300 people's biographies and they ranked them for that year as being the most in charge of Nashville. And it gave them, it gave their emails and I emailed all 300 of them. And I would say about one third wrote me back. Then maybe more wrote me back, but I think I met, I met about a hundred of those people for coffee. I took them to coffee. I, you know, I paid for the coffee. And I think that tremendously helped me get my start in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of approach, wherever you're living can really, if you're doing, if you're living in LA or New York or Austin, you know, just trying to do that same kind of thing for music can certainly help you get your career going in that, in the right direction. So that would be something I would encourage people to do. 
for sure for sure and just the uh taking the chances of even getting rejected is yeah i mean write 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 an educated email don't write something sloppy because they may not write you back but yeah Yeah. write something polite and educated and be very like one thing that i've learned just kind of doing this stuff in that same line is just being very direct don't beat around the bush or you know be very vague just like if you want to talk to them about something specific say hey this situation you know that's one thing that i've learned over the last few years is they respond better when they know exactly what you want or what you're reaching out about so it's super good perspective yeah yeah so um but yeah so um as kind of moving forward um if people want to check out your new music, your current music, any upcoming shows, all that fun stuff, uh, where's the best place for everyone to check out what you got going on? I feel like Instagram is the place I use the most for like the first announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube Music are great places to hear my releases, SoundCloud too. Mm-hmm. But I think Instagram is kind of where I'm most active. You know, I post my story, but what I did that day, and mm-hmm. it's kind of my first, my go-to place for first releases. I also have a website, davismallory.com. So I have merchandise. And I just launched a cologne brand this Valentine's day in unison with my song cologne. Mm-hmm. So that, that was something I've been working on for a while in the background. It's up on. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And of course, yeah. anybody uh, out there listening, make sure you go check out, uh, davis mallory runaways out now music the music video and then all the brand new music that you've released so far this year which is crazy i was sitting there (laughs) as i was kind of preparing for everything i was like oh we've got so much to talk about it's gonna be fun (laughs) there are a lot of songs yeah but uh once again i really appreciate it i really yeah thank you tom um, Appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us and we will see you guys later.